Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cardboard Herald. My chance to talk with creative gamers and game creators. And my guest today, returning guest, is the designer of Gloomhaven, Frosthaven, and Gloomhaven RPG. Welcome back to the show, Isaac. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. How are you feeling now that you're in the midst of the fulfillment for Frosthaven? Feeling, feeling pretty good. Um, yeah, we're trying to get through it as uh as quickly as possible <laughs> it's um, a tall order yeah yeah um but yeah i mean the reception has been it's been great so far and uh so yeah i'm just i'm happy to finally have the game out in people's hands and then people uh getting to experience it and and you know have all that joy <laughs> Gloomhaven wasn't Cephala Fair's initial title, but it certainly was like the breakthrough success, you know, monumental success. But how is Frosthaven's fulfillment comparing logistically with that that initial shock of having to organize and distribute all of those copies of Gloomhaven back several years ago now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't remember... It was I all mean, a blur. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember, like, I don't have any, like, terrible memories of front. Well, no, I do have some terrible memories of, like, the initial Gloomhaven fulfillment. Um, but that was because, like, I was doing it through Amazon and they, like, held all the copies because of some, like, weird mix up in the, in the, like, classification of the game. And because, anyway, it was, a, it was a whole thing. But basically, I had to, like, negotiate with Amazon to actually like send out the games and it took like an extra month and it was a whole nightmare uh yeah that's all coming back to me now um but this is like a different situation where it's just like yeah we, we just have uh like eight times as many games as, as we did the first time around and so yeah it's just it's just uh taken a while but i mean i think you know we've got we found a good fulfillment partner with uh, where to go games or sorry where to go not where to go games um, which is like a subsidiary of UPS. So like we're just directly sending everything through UPS essentially. Um, and that's been, that's been working out really well, uh, at least for the U S sales. And it's, it's just a matter of like, uh, we were a little behind on getting some of the, uh, some of the accessories, uh, to the fulfillment center on time, um, just do various things. And, so, but yeah, I think those are finally arriving. So we're able to get out the rest of rest of the games in the U.S. And then our international uh, freight stuff uh, got a little bit delayed just with onboarding onto onto where to go because they mainly dealt with the, with the U.S. And so it was anyway. It's it's there's like a lot to get into, and I don't even have the full story because like Price is in charge of that, so I just get his updates and uh, kind of trust him to do his job. Uh, so I can't, I can't even talk fully about that, but yeah, it's, it's been like a huge logistical challenge and, uh, but I, I think it's going pretty well, all things considered. Speaking of price, Cephala Fair as a company has grown. You have more employees than certainly when you were first planning out and then kickstarting Gloomhaven. Yeah. What's, uh, what's that like stepping from the world of being the, the sole guy who's doing the design and publishing work and maybe you're contracting other people here and there, but then switching to you're like a boss with a big company that you have yeah. to think about employees and management and logistics and that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, it's certainly been a change. I mean, at the point at which I like had hired Price, I was just like fully underwater on a million different things. Um, and so, uh, yeah, being able to bring him on, um, you know, back in, I don't even know when that was, 2018, mm-hmm. um, and getting my head above water for the first time. <laughs> Was, was definitely nice and then yeah the more people we bring on kind of the more we can offload uh all this other stuff i mean i think we still need we still have some growing to do for sure um yeah we just contracted out a um a marketing position um to to ross and ross thompson and mm-hmm. uh yeah so that's that's been great uh just because we're gonna have a lot of work to do leading up to the next crowdfunding project but yeah i mean we still ha- could have we could we could still offload some of this work it's kind of weird because like yeah i feel like i'm doing less work now but then i also like i had uh, a kid eight months ago and like we're not doing childcare, like we're just right only right. doing that ourselves and so it's it's like yeah i have more time but oh it's all uh, taken up by this uh, kid now so like i still feel like i'm behind on a lot of stuff um well- but uh, but yeah, it's I think I think we're headed in a good direction anyway. <laughs> well, congratulations on the kid. How's fatherhood going? Uh, it's going great. Um, yeah, I'm really really enjoying it. Uh, just watching him, uh, you know, learn things and being able to like teach him how to do stuff. Like today, I just got him to like like from a from a like crawling position like with a ledge. Like got him up to like a standing position. Uh, that just That's happened amazing. this morning, so that was really exciting to see him do that. <laughs> you know, it's like these small things where it's like, uh, yeah, for anybody else, it would it would not be at all interesting, but just watching this tiny human like learn to do things for the first time. So is this going to be like boring. a like a God of War situation where all featured Gloomhaven titles are going to be somehow about the you know the ups and downs <laughs> of fatherhood? uh you know we'll see there might be we'll a see more of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well one of the things that strikes me the most about frost haven uh as like an ambition or something that is totally new about it is how much emphasis there is on the base building aspect uh and i want to know was that around as an idea from the get-go as soon as you were thinking about a sequel for gloomhaven and like, what were some of the challenges in developing this whole other like meta section of the Gloomhaven Frosthaven experience? Uh, yeah, that was certainly like on my mind from the beginning. Uh, yeah, I kind of I wanted I I've always enjoyed that like in video games, you know, like uh, I don't think of like Dark Cloud, that old uh, oh yeah uh, PlayStation old game. Yeah, yeah, like that was super interesting, like building up the towns in there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I always like consider that like to be like a cool part of an RPG. Um, and so like, you know, this being like influenced by so many different, uh, RPGs and, uh, video games. Yeah. I thought that would be a cool element to add to this as well. So, um, yeah, ultimately let's see. I mean, uh, I don't know. It just, it kind of came naturally. I mean, I, you know, it's not like super in depth, like dark cloud is where like you can place them in different locations and like have different benefits depending on how they're next to each other like we couldn't get like that level of detail but i think uh for what it is i think it it ended up like executing pretty well um we yeah we did some campaign playtesting on it um just based on like my initial designs and um 
the uh, the satire team um, is uh, Alexander Theo Harris, Joe Holmes, and Zach Cohen, or Cohen, um, you know, who also did a lot of development work on Jaws of the Lion. Uh, so they came back and, and did a lot of development work on the on the town. Um, they kind of uh, souped up some of the buildings, like made some of the buildings more interesting added a lot of story to it to a lot of the buildings and so yeah we kind of took that did some play testing i mean ultimately like it, i think it went pretty smoothly mm-hmm. um that whole process like we yeah when we were doing campaign play testing we kind of just yeah had to adjust like some of the the building costs and things like that but um but yeah i, th- I think it worked out pretty well and went pretty smoothly how concerned were you with like pacing and balance when it came to the buildings because there's so many choices of how you can invest your resources do i invest them in my character do i invest them in the town as a player you don't necessarily know what sorts of things to expect i mean at the beginning it's like you could train some soldiers but i don't even know really what i'm training them for but maybe it's going to be something real important um and, and that's a whole different type of scaling that you got to account for and and different experiences that players would have than just trying to come up with some sort of leveling algorithm for the difficulty of a scenario yeah um you know so we did try and you know there is so there is like some direction to it right i mean because you can only upgrade buildings like to a certain level until like your prosperity increases you do end up kind of like it feels open and kind of the order that you can do things, but you are kind of capped on that. So you can only go so far, like in the quote unquote, like wrong direction. I, I don't think there is necessarily a wrong direction, yeah, uh, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, getting more resources is always good. So like, I think, you know, like in the, in the campaign that I'm doing now, you know, the first thing we did was, was build the, the, the lumber yard or whatever it is, lo- logging camp, uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever the names of these things are. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, I, I think there's enough direction there and, uh, yeah, there's enough direction there to, and, and there's enough like leeway in what's happening. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, yeah, you're not expected to really have any defense, you know, on, on like maybe the first attack that you come across, especially like if you get the, the summer attack, I think there's only like one or two summer events that are attacks and then you kind of can see the system and then kind of react to it. So it's not like, oh, you made the wrong decision. Now everything has gone wrong. It's like, um, yeah, you can kind of do whatever you want. And then once you see how something works, then you, you have that space, that freedom, uh, that forgiveness, right, to like kind of react to that and kind of make decisions. How much of Frosthaven is a response to what you wish you could have done with Gloomhaven, like maybe you didn't have the resources or you needed to keep the MSRP low or you didn't have the design capabilities or whatever it is at the time. And how much of it is, you know, like gauging the feedback to Gloomhaven yeah. and then kind of reacting to the the, the interests of the, the audience and the fan base, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, with Gloomhaven... I mean, I, I think it's it's pretty well known that I just like threw everything I could into that box. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say like the one, you know, the one thing that I kind of cut back on, or not necessarily cut back, but decided like not to include, was like a calendar system, mm-hmm. um, just because of I was like, yeah, that might be too much for like what I'm trying to accomplish, you know, as a person doing all this on my own. 
Um, so I would say like that's that's pretty much like the only thing that was in her was that was in response like yeah I couldn't do this in Gloomhaven and I want to include this in Frosthaven was was the calendar system. Um, and then yeah and then uh, sort of the the base building wasn't necessarily based on feedback it was just like yeah I want to try this in the next game like it it didn't really work like within the Gloomhaven framework but uh, for the next game yeah I want this to be the focus. So we yeah we added that. And then, yeah, pretty much everything else is just, yeah, listening to people's feedback uh, on, on Gloomhaven for the for the last, you know, three, four years. And, right, uh, right. And, yeah, just trying to do things better the, the second time around. Well, last time I talked to you was in the very early days of the pandemic. It was March 2020 that I had you on. And um, – at that time, you had both Frosthaven and Jaws of the Lion uh, in development. Um, and yeah. so how much of the response to uh, Jaws of the Lion uh, went into your, your trajectory with Frosthaven? Like, did you kind of change your mind about approaches to certain characters, to how you wanted to, you know, have the game look on the table? Like... Uh, Jaws of the Lion, I, at least from an outsider perspective, seemed like it was a, a surprise hit, uh, or, or bigger than anticipated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then that didn't come out, right, until after the, the Kickstarter campaign for Frosthaven, right? So I mm-hmm. kind of promised everything uh, for Frosthaven, and then, um, yeah, it was like two or three months later, right, that that hit the shelves in, in Target. Um. And so, yeah, I don't think it affected me, but it affected it much. I mean, you know, going back, you know, would we have made different decisions if we'd seen, like, how positive the response was to, like, the, the play surface books? Um, you know, it's a, it's a difficult question. I know, like, a lot of people, like, really love the play, play service books, and they cut out uh, so much uh, setup time, mm-hmm. and you got to weigh that against, like, you know, this custom content community who wants to like be able to create their own scenarios using the tiles and everything, which is, uh, you know, completely hindered by those, by those books because there's no customization there or very little customization. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think ultimately, yeah, Frosthaven being, you know, the sequel to Gloomhaven, I I think that was really the feedback we were looking at is like, how do we, uh, you know, how do we make Frosthaven better based on people's feedback to Gloomhaven? And then Jaws of the Lion it's, is, is its own thing. Um, yeah, and there there may be other games like that in the future taking more of that approach as opposed to, like, just, you know, the big box of, of stuff approach that we get with Frosthaven and Gloomhaven. You're jumping ahead, my dude. I, I have a question <laughs> written down here. Frosthaven version of Jaws of the Lion? Like, is is there an idea that you'll have some more kind of lower uh, barrier to entry titles into the Gloomhaven universe? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, because, you know, Jaws the Lion did really well and, uh, yeah, I think had, had a great response both from, from critics and, and people playing it. Uh, I mean, it, it, it just makes sense. Uh, so I have ideas at this point. Uh, this isn't like confirming anything. Or, We're not getting or a hot scoop. Anything. Uh, but yeah, there are ideas. I mean, it'll it'll probably happen. Um, but we'll, we'll see. 
Frosthaven is a big box, and you stuffed a lot of stuff in there. You were talking about how it's well documented that with Gloomhaven you threw everything that you could at it, and somehow you still had even more to put into Frosthaven. <laughs> it also has a big MSRP, $250. Bucks. Um, yeah. One, was that intimidating coming to that conclusion of like how much you were going to put that as the price point? Um, and, and two, like... Is, is there even more that you cut back on that you left at the cutting room floor in order to skate by at 250 rather than having to <laughs> be like, oh, man, this is going to cost 300 or more? Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, yeah, that's a super scary number, right? 250, like, is anybody going to buy this? Right, I mean, when Gloomhaven came out and the MSRP was like 140 you know, it's like up to that point, like nothing aside from like Warhammer, like had right. an MSRP above a hundred. Um, and so that was scary. And then this is even more scary. It's almost <laughs> the price. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's just at the end of the day, like that's what it had, had to be. So, so yeah, I mean, to your other question is, yeah, I mean, again, like we took the same approach as Gloomhaven. We just threw everything in there uh didn't really cut everything anything out you know it's just like yeah obviously like we we made sure everything that we put in was was good um but yeah ultimately it's it's just that that same approach of 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 doing doing the biggest thing that that makes sense and uh and just hoping people like enjoy the epicness of it and and feel uh you know that 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 price point is is justified which i think it is so with uh, with Frosthaven, you have a bajillion characters. You have six characters right out the gate. Um, and I know that you stuffed as much as you could in the box, but were there any character archetypes or classes that you've had hovering around for a long time that you really wanted to make work, but, you know, conceptually you just didn't nail down? And, you know, maybe they're on the back burner for something in the future, or maybe it's just kind of like a, a, a wish that someday you'd see this type of character, anything like that? Uh, Not really. Yeah, I mean, at this point, yeah, I feel like... Uh, yeah, because initially there were only going to be 16 characters, and then we added another one um, through like the, the one stretch goal that we had uh, <laughs> during the Kickstarter project. Um, so I mean, I don't want to say like I'm I'm like out of character ideas at this point, but yeah, I don't have any in my head that are like you know pounding to to be released uh, at this point. I think yeah, everything everything made it into Frosthaven. I mean, that I wanted. Yeah. You mentioned the fan custom creation community earlier. Yeah. How aware were you of the early days of the Crimson Scales project? Uh yeah, not very aware until yeah, it kind of became a, a big thing, you know, where they decided to, to do a print run and, and all of that. Uh yeah, I mean I'm pretty hands off in, in terms of the custom content community. So you know, uh at one point, or you know, for for one perspective, right? Like, I don't want to necessarily like uh, whatever you want to call it, like cross streams. You know, where like I'm looking at their stuff, and then that's like, right? You know, I end up like stealing it or whatever. Not necessarily stealing it, but you know, like being heavily yeah, having it in my own creations. You. Yeah, yeah. So I'd rather just kind of be uninfluenced and kind of do my own stuff. Um, so I kind of try to stay away from it a little bit. But but yeah, I mean, that ended up 
being a, a huge a huge project and very successful so that was super cool to see yeah it's kind of incredibly polished as far as a fan output like i i don't think i've ever seen anything like that um quite to that degree or scale for sure which i guess is yeah. a testament to how passionate people are about gloomhaven and yeah. <laughs> your creations <laughs> um what are some of the things that like you've been shocked by just like the amount of love and effort that people have put into you know their fandom of your creations um yeah there's been things i mean obviously crimson scales but then yeah when like people get like tattoos <laughs> of uh of you know like their class symbol there's mm -hmm. one guy who like got like a whole like back tattoo of like it's a, it's a locked character so i won't but it was like, <laughs> like full artwork of one of the characters like on his back um also like i was recently messaged by somebody who like named their kid after me like they 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 had a, a son like around the same time i had my son and uh -huh. named him isaac uh and so that well, was flattering too <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, that's uh, you. You've touched a lot of lives at this point. I imagine there's people who started Gloomhaven campaigns as you know, just people in a game group, and are now married. You know, yeah. so it's it's bound to happen. But that's something that you hear about happening all the time in the world of RPGs. So let's talk about this Gloomhaven RPG thing. You sure. posted the announcement recently. <laughs> Congratulations on getting this thing going. First off, for our bearings, when is the Kickstarter happening for this? Or not even Kickstarter, the crowdfunding for this. Yeah, we're doing back your kit crowdfunding, uh, and that is happening in April. Uh, we don't have a specific date in April yet, but it will, it will launch in April. <laughs> <laughs> depending how, on how quickly we can get stuff done. I mean, we're shooting for the beginning of April, but we'll see what happens. How long have you known that you wanted to do a Gloomhaven RPG? Uh, I feel like we started talking about it, I think it was Gen Con last year, right? Sorry, uh, yeah, so, and Gen Con happened like later than normal last year, so that was like right. October, or no, September, I think. So yeah, September, 2021 i think is kind of when we, we first started talking about the idea yeah and was there ever like a, a hesitance to moving over to rpgs because i would have thought you know with how successful gloomhaven initially was that would have been a natural turn to something that you'd want to do uh yeah. even in the early stages but how do you maintain the aesthetic of gloomhaven not just the the, the visual and tonal aesthetic but the um, uh, minimization of uh, random elements aesthetic, you know, the design ethos, how do you port that into an RPG experience? Yeah, it's it's turned out to be, like, more difficult uh, than <laughs> I <initially> anticipated. <laughs> I think kind of the main thing is that, yeah, that's been a, a bit of a struggle is just the idea that, like, Gloomhaven is, like, this very tight puzzle. You know, uh -huh. it's like you have a scenario, you, you know, you got your hand of cards and like it's really designed to like to challenge you. Right. And so that like by the end of the scenario, you feel like you're on, you know, that very last card flip is going to determine like whether you succeed or fail. Um, and that's not really like how RPGs work. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, it's more of a free form thing where, you know, the GM has a lot of control over what's happening. Um, and, and, you know, maybe behind the scenes, they're kind of tuning things to, to give 
players a challenge. Um, but yeah, like ultimately, like it's it's very difficult in an RPG setting to like tune encounters to that degree, right? Or if if you can, like it puts a lot of pressure on that GM to to do it effectively. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, I think yeah, one of the things we're trying to figure out how to do is kind of just scale back that puzzliness a little bit, just just to give the the GM like a little more flexibility to to kind of you know tell interesting stories rather than like always just be like challenging players like to the very end of their abilities. Um, you know, we want to see that sometimes, and when they can pull it off, that that's good. But we got to give them the tools to be able to do that. And then also, like within that, right, is is this this very like finely tuned combat mechanism. Um, and then how do we like incorporate role playing into that as well? Um, you know, which again is like in anything that you experience, right? It's more about just sitting around the table and talking. Like how do you know? It's, it's very like loose format. And so like how do we combine that sort of more loose role playing elements of the game to like this tightly tuned combat? Um, you know, without there being like this tonal shift, um, you know, it's like, okay, we'll get into combat and now we're playing a completely different game. Right. 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 Yeah. So it's about kind of like, uh, un, untightening, loosening, I guess, right. Loosening the combat of Gloomhaven to where it is, you know, a little bit more of just like, you know, a, a role-playing experience rather than, rather than Gloomhaven combat and then adding some mechanics to the. Uh, the role-playing aspects um, to kind of make sure that they fit a little a little better than than they did like our initial testing. Yeah, so that's been the main challenge. Mechanically tethered or something. Uh, what you've announced so far is that uh, there's going to be a core book and there's going to be cards. Like the part yeah. of the system is that there's going to be uh, cards that you'll utilize, and the cards are. An, uh, an alternative instead of dice you're going to use cards for this right they like, kind of replace that element yeah in terms of randomness uh yeah i mean i'm pretty happy with with the current gloomhaven system and i think it should work pretty well in a role-playing setting as well so instead of a dice or instead of a die you know like a d20 or whatever you're, you're just going to have your your deck of, of attack modifier cards and that'll that'll turn into just like modifier cards cutting out the attacks like when you're doing uh, an ability check or whatever, you'll also be flipping over that, those cards to kind of add a little bit of the random, the random element to it to see if you succeed or fail. Okay, so me and my friends want to get into Gloomhaven RPG. It's already been released at this point. Um, and I say, okay, well, you know, first thing we're going to need is we're going to need a core book. And then is everyone going to need their own unique deck of cards that they're going to have to purchase uh, separately? Is there going to be like a starter kit that has you know modifier decks for the different characters like what's it actually going to look like for the end users sure um it's a bit of an open question right now because we're like we're still figuring out like what skews we want to like create um mm -hmm. especially leading into the crowdfunding project that's an important thing to, to right. figure out we're not quite at that stage but yeah i mean i would say like loosely like what i imagine yeah is there's a, a core book um and yeah, so I, I assume, like, you and your friends, like, don't have a copy of Gloomhaven or Frosthaven, right? Because if you did, you could, like, crib a lot of stuff from that, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you could use, you know, the Monster Sandies, the the maps, and also, like, the attack modifier decks. Um, but if you didn't have that, um, yeah, you could still, um, yeah, we'd probably have have sets of attack modifier decks that you, that you could purchase a, a la carte. Um, and then, 
and then yeah it comes down to like character packs um where uh yeah so each each character is like like in gloomhaven is going to have their own deck of cards and that might come also with some additional attack modifier cards based on perks um and so then um whether that's you know how, how we're going to be selling those whether it's individually or like packs of, of four or 18 or whatever um yeah we kind of still need to decide but but yeah at the end of the day yeah you need the core book you need uh whatever character you're playing you're gonna need a deck of cards for them and then your attack modifier deck um and yeah you should be good to go with that you know there's also uh additional background cards uh based on your ancestry and then also some generic backgrounds um so so those will also be ability cards, like the normal character cards that you can kind of customize your ability deck with. Uh, and so the, that will also need to be purchased somehow. Sorry. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. trying no. to figure out like how all that, or yeah, it, what, what packages are, are going to be available. But totally. yeah. Well, Sorry. I mean, it, it, it's it's <laughs> something that early on, right now, you, you're not committing to, but uh, it's it's definitely going to impact how it looks for people. So I think any sort of conceptual things that you're working on is interesting, nonetheless. Yeah. So I, mean, I think, like at the end of the day, um, you know, one one uh, one model, right? Be one model might be right that you have, yeah, you know, your core book, and then you might just have like. Uh, like individual character packs that have like the the character class and then just some ancestry assigned to them so you might get like a you know like an orchid Cragheart or something and so then that might be i don't want to assign a price to it but it would probably be like somewhere between like five and ten dollars right so you, mm -hmm. so maybe each person in your party is going to buy one of those right and they're going to get all the cards that they need to to play that character um yeah, so that might be one model that we look at. So with uh, the RPG, who are you targeting uh, with this? Is this primarily Gloomhaven players who you know also play RPGs? Is this the the people who have like a hundred different RPG books on their shelf, and this is going to be one campaign that they run one time? Or are you looking at this like, well? Hasbro is really screwing the pooch lately, and there's a lot of pissed off people. This could be the platform for like a, a D and D or a Pathfinder type like hobby unto itself uh, with millions of supplements types of uh, type of RPG. Like, wh what's your ambitions for this? I mean, your ambition is always just to like you know, have it be as successful as possible. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I will say that, you know, I'm very happy that, you know, we're going with our own system rather than, uh, you know, piggybacking off like a D&D &D system because that would have completely yeah. crashed and burned. Yeah, uh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so, you know, we're looking to kind of, kind of like straddle in the middle, right? We're kind of looking to, to, to capture both audiences, right? People who, who love Gloomhaven and want to get into RPGs, and people who are into RPGs and maybe want to check out what the Gloomhaven system is all about. Um, and I think, you know, if, if done well, uh, you know, I think it has the potential to, to yeah, become a big platform uh, that we can grow uh, quite a lot off of. Um, but yeah, we just got to kind of see, see how well it does uh, at the end of the day and, and go from there. 
we've seen Gloomhaven and the regions surrounding it, and now we've seen Frosthaven and the regions surrounding that. Is the RPG going to take us to new lands that uh, go beyond the stretch of those two, or is it probably going to be largely in familiar territories? Uh, yeah, so one of the exciting things for me about the RPG is, is kind of the, the chance to expand the lore of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we really want to give players you know the information and the tools to kind of yeah run whatever campaign they want. I mean, we'll be providing more lore on like Gloomhaven. You know that that'll be like the focus of one of the chapters. Um, but yeah, like there will be another chapter kind of giving you details on on all the other parts of the continent. You know you'll get like a continental map, and uh, so yeah, you can go, you know. Uh, have your campaign down in the Red Desert in, in the Valrath Nation if you want, or have it in like the capital uh, of White Oak um, off to the east. And uh, yeah, so I'm really excited to yeah kind of expand that lore and, and give players the freedom to to uh, explore the world more. Is there any part of you that's like, damn it, I know why, but I wish I weren't saddled with the brand name being Gloomhaven because it <laughs> centralizes you on one focal point. I mean, I think initial initially, I think it's good to kind of give players, you know, a lot of detail on one place, mm-hmm. so that you know that's that's a good place to start your campaign if you want to. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of discussions about okay, like what do we call this? Uh, you know, is this the Gloomhaven role playing game? I mean, yeah, because we're also giving all these details on these other places, and you know, you know, if it does well, you know, we'll release other source books. You know, there might be like a Frosthaven source book, but at the end of the day, it's still going to be called like the Gloomhaven RPG. I mean, really, that's kind of like the big one of the big questions of the company in general, right? Is it's like as we release all these other games, you know, how do we tie it back to Gloomhaven? So there's still like that name recognition, right? Um, and so, so yeah, uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, yeah, focusing on Gloomhaven at least for this like initial initial RPG offering makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, it it makes sense. Though I'm interested interested to see like further developments. You know, is every game going to be called Blank Haven? You know, you have Frosthaven, <laughs> you have Gloomhaven. I mean, surely that becomes parody at some point. You know, you can't just keep on Sounds naming cool. them that. Um, how do you feel like you've evolved as a designer? Like when you look back to decisions you might have made. Um, with the original Gloomhaven, do you feel like you have uh, like grown or evolved or changed? Uh, yeah, for sure. And I think you can definitely see that, you know, in Frosthaven. Um, I think Frosthaven is a much more refined product. Um, you know, not only because we brought on a lot more people to to help, but yeah, also just because yeah, I think I've uh, been able to to refine my my designing capabilities uh, over the last few years working on it as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting, you know, because, like, I, yeah, I, I have other, you know, design projects uh, that I'm working on in the background and kind of, like, revisiting them every so often, or even, like, you know, revisiting, like, Forge War, my first game, you know, and kind of looking at it and being like, yeah, there's... So many things I could change about this to make it better is kind of interesting, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, to like have those those uh, sort of 
you know, mental exercises and, and work through them. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, I think I, I think, yeah, my design capabilities have improved a lot and I hope, yeah, to continue capitalizing on that in the future. And also, yeah, I mean, looking at other people's games, you know, like doing play testing and stuff like that, I feel like uh, been able to like, give more informed feedback. You know, I feel like a, a professional game designer rather than somebody who's just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. <laughs> you have a pretty hard science background, your, your academic background. I could be calling you, you know, Dr. Isaac at this point <laughs> if I wanted to. Um, and that uh, uh, physics background maybe on paper doesn't relate at all to game design and development, but have there ever been moments in which your academic background has either aided you in game design or, you know, given you a different perspective in how you want to present your games? Um, yeah, potentially. I mean, so first of all, yeah, I mean, one of the game design projects I have that is I'm constantly working on, well, not really constantly, but just like occasionally I'll go back to it. It's It's been in development for like a long time, but it's, yeah, it's like a, a physics-based game um, where, yeah, it's, it's kind of like heavily based on my experience as a, as a physics grad student. Um, so, I mean, that's directly influenced <laughs> by that. Uh, but yeah, also like the thing that I like to say um, uh, is, is that like, playtesting is, is a lot like running like a physics experiment, you know, where you just kind of, you know, you kind of have this thing that you're, that you're trying to do and uh, you gotta just kind of like do it over and over and over until it works right. Um, and like make iterations and small changes on it until it does work right. Um, so, I mean, I think just that, like that process of, of having to do that, you know, for however many years I was, I was working in physics, uh, certainly like helped, um, kind of me sort of keep that mentality, like going into like playtesting stuff and just iterating on things and, you know, I identifying what the problems are and, and being able to fix them. I think so. So where do you go from here, Isaac? You, you have this RPG that's right on the horizon. You're fulfilling Frosthaven. And you have the, I guess, the sky is the limit on what you could do. You <laughs> could continue working on Gloomhaven projects. You already mentioned possible other entries similar to Jaws of the Lion. Um, yeah. Are you focusing entirely on Gloomhaven and the, the related projects? Or are there other things like Forge War that you, you want the company to be expanding into, independent of the universe? Right. Um yeah, so I mean, in the short term, yeah, very focused on the RPG because that still has a lot of work uh, that needs to be done. Um, but yeah, and then in the back of my mind, um, and yeah, I mean, I have this other project that I think I've been working on for like over a year now that I'm really excited about but can't say anything about yet. Uh, <laughs> it's just very slowly like working on it in the background. So like, yeah, there, there are many ideas, many things I want to do, um, but yeah, very reticent to like, you know, uh, commit to anything. speak publicly right. about them at this point. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that the, the future is, is looking pretty exciting. Um, and people just have to 
to to wait for the future to uh, see what's coming next. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's good to hear. Um, as far as the RPG, uh, let, let's end it with like, what is the the thing about the RPG that you're most excited for people to see? Because in a lot of ways, I feel like Gloomhaven was kind of a response to what you saw in the dungeon crawl board game marketplace, and you were like, I want to make the game for me. And yeah. now the RPG, um, you know, is is on the horizon, and you had to wait to kind of figure out like what actually makes this a meaningful project and not just a thinly veiled pastiche of another RPG. So like, what are you hoping that people are just going to really love about this thing? Um, yeah. I mean, to me, I, th I think one of the main exciting things for me is sort of that deeper like character customization, um, you know, so where you, you know, you get to pick like any class and ancestry combination that you want and by by doing so you have access to like a larger pool of cards and you can kind of customize you know what you want your your ability card deck to look like and um i don't know that that's really exciting to me to be able to like more customize your your characters and then uh and then just like role playing in the gloomhaven universe like i think the gloomhaven universe at least to me like as a person who created it is like super exciting and like you know so much so very different from you know just like a standard like D D lord of the rings type uh fantasy world and being able to like i don't know sit down with your friends and like explore it and and hang out in it i i yeah it's, it's exciting to me <laughs> how much under the surface is there in in the world like have you actually thought about you know like when you think of fantasy world building not just what this city is but what was this city a hundred years ago or yeah. what is the culture of this group or this group, or maybe the war that ended up forming these varying factions within it. I mean, we get that surface level stuff and that's in general what you, you want in any sort of fantasy or sci-fi storytelling is, you know, like the things that are happening now without weighing people down without, with all that history but to make it feel cohesive and well-realized, you want the rest of the iceberg under the water. Like, how yeah. much of that have you sketched out? And, like, how much are we going to be digging into that in the RPG? Uh, yeah, I mean, ideally you'll be able to dig into it quite a bit. I mean, I'd say that it's it's pretty well there. Um, and then we're working on, uh, you know, right now, like, kind of filling in the gaps of the lore and making sure everything is, is cohesive and makes sense together. Um, so yeah, that work is is definitely been done or or being done, you know, to to fill in that that iceberg and make it make it cool for people to kind of dive into the lore itself. Is this um, where you announce that you've hired George R. R. Martin to come in oh, no. and fill out the story and everything? Or I don't, Brandon I don't think Sanderson I could depend on him to to write anything at this point, could I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> The winds of Gloomhaven. Well, I, I think that people are going to be incredibly excited to check out the Gloomhaven RPG now more than ever. Not only was it a cool project to begin with, but you're coming in at a time in which there are a lot of people looking for what's the new RPG for me. And yeah. Frosthaven has been uh, so incredible for me to play, and it's great to see people getting their hands on it and having the, the same response that I've had. That It's just, you know... Same great Gloomhaven experience, plus like a thousand other things that <laughs> elevate it even farther. So I, I 
congratulate you on all the success and i'm looking forward to seeing some of these projects on the horizon thanks for coming back onto the show isaac yeah thanks for having me and uh yeah had a great time (laughs) 